0: everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews for 20 years. You can read them all at that website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at a film that's been highly anticipated, or maybe even highly derided, depending on where you read your movie news. It's the remake of Beauty and the Beast by Disney of their 1991 classic fantasy musical romance PG rated this time, instead of G, because of some action violence, peril, and frightening images, and it runs two hours and nine minutes. Emma Watson is the main star, along with Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Kevin Kline, Josh Gad, Ian McKellen, Ewan McGregor, Emma Thompson, and many, many, many more. Bill Condon is the director, and the screenplay is by Stephen Chbosky and Evan Spiliotopoulos. Now, If you're somebody who loves the 1991 Disney animated classic of the same name, and you're probably already jaded against any and all remakes of it, so you're probably the least likely to enjoy the 2017 live-action remake, which in this remake adds a little bit more plausibility and backstory to explain certain character motivations, but it does lack the consummate charm that you've come to know and love through the multitudinous repeat viewings of the 1991 version The plot of this film is identical. There are many of the same songs, the same lines of dialogue, even the same shots, even though this one is done in live-action form, so it's practically impossible to not draw comparisons and take this remake of Beauty and the Beast in its own terms. Now, when it came to other recent Disney live-action remakes, such as Alice in Wonderland or Cinderella or Maleficent, I guess, is kind of one, and The Jungle Book, most recently, Disney was dealing with films that weren't as beloved or perhaps had elements that were dated over time, if not somewhat backwards in their views on race or class or gender compared to how they are today. However, the original Beauty and the Beast is not only one of the more recent efforts, much more recent than those other films that they've remade from animated to live action But this one is also far more beloved. A lot of people like those other films, but they recognize there are flaws, whereas Beauty and the Beast, some people consider it an animated classic. Audiences that are already predisposed to think that one cannot improve upon the original when the original is so exquisite and enchanting in the best Disney way are obviously going to be the least likely audience to champion this remake. But Disney's approach to this kind of fervor is not to try to rock the boat too much in terms of making major changes. Sure, there's this pre-release hype that's been surrounding this film with the first openly gay character found in a Disney film, but anyone who watches this movie will probably think that it's much ado about nothing, and those who go into it without even knowledge of that controversy, they may not even catch wind of it. That's how subtle it is. However, at least for the first hour, it plays pretty much like the original, with a few exceptions here and there, at least until it begins to approach its second and third acts where there's new songs and Some new dynamics that are introduced to shore up the depth of the romance and also to develop more of a tragic backdrop to the eventual plot where Beast and Belle have to fight for life and fight for love as well. Now the story, for those who have yet to see the 1991 film, involves, of course, a lovely and fiercely independent girl named Belle who lives with her widower, inventor father, in a small provincial French village. She'd rather pursue her own path which brings consternation to the local narcissistic he-man, Gaston, who intends to marry Belle because she's the prettiest girl in town, which, according to him, makes her the best. After Maurice, her father, gets lost in the thick and ominous woods, Belle goes out to find him and discovers his whereabouts in a secluded castle run by The Beast, who has her father imprisoned for petty theft, and with whom Belle eventually swaps places with in captivity. The castle is enchanted, though, as evidenced by the fact that most of the household objects speak and talk. They are the victims of a curse that's brought upon the Beast when he was in his original human form by a sorceress who found him most unkind, and therefore he suffered the punishment. Beast and company may return to their former selves, but only if the Beast finds a love that loves him in return, and Belle may be the last option left, before the curse becomes permanent, when the last petal falls off of this enchanted rose. Now, retaining credibility somewhat is the fact that Alan Menken here is returning to provide the score for this remake as well, though I don't think that any of the renditions are as delightful as the original, even when they emerge as delightful in and of themselves. While it's a good decision to keep the best things about the animated features production on board, the fact that it does them in pretty much the same manner, both musically and in terms of the shot compositions, it makes it feel like a redundant effort instead of a really inspired one. So at least that's the case until the new songs are performed, which are are well done, and yet the film's dark tone doesn't really allow for the same feeling of exuberance as that which was captured in the 1991 release. The set design is very garish and baroque, and there's plenty of ornate detail in the production and the costume design all around. Maybe it's a little too busy, because the amount of detail within each anthropomorphized knickknack loses some of the appealing traits of the simple designs that brought out more of the personality and the allure within the animated originals. In fact, most of those enchanted household pieces look like relics from a horror movie sometimes than one from a revered family-friendly property. Emma Watson here, she's not mesmerizing in the role. She does acquit herself well as a bell placeholder, even delivers some nice emotional moments late in the film that shores up the tears with the potential tragic fates for all who reside within the castle walls. What's missing here is Paige O'Hara's really rich and resonant voice when singing, Watson can carry a tune, but the performance lacks the kind of distinction that makes the one from the original film a particular delight. As for the rest, six-foot-tall Evans is certainly hunky and can carry a tune, but he's far from the size of a barge, as Gaston was in the first film. He quickly disappears into the crowd at the pub where they're all sing the praises of the epitome of, of this male specimen and he's kind of puny when compared to the massive bulk of the performance-captured CGI character, at least facially, of the Beast, who suffers from the kind of dead eyes that haven't really been this obvious in films since the early days of the process, back when Robert Zemeckis was really toying with it. The great songs from the original are mostly still here, and there's a successful porting of the finely choreographed B.R. Guest sequence that does dazzle, especially if you're watching this in a 3D showing. Ewan McGregor provides the vocals of Gaston with a requisite pep, although I'm still left wondering, for those of you who know that I can kind of nitpick films sometimes, why Lumiere is the only character with a distinctly French accent when the entire cast of characters that are in this film are supposed to be French, and they don't have an accent, a French accent or otherwise, except for a British accent, I guess. New songs are well done, including Beast's solo, Evermore, and during a particularly anguished part of the story for his character. And Some might feel the ending, which is going to likely make many children in the audience cry in a way that they probably did not for the original film, it's maybe going a little bit too far into the dark territory for their taste. Perhaps it will be for some, but I can attest that at the screening that I went to, that while I did hear a few sobs in the audience for the fate of the castle staff, no one one really mentioned any issue with where the story went as he exited the theater. They seemed pretty jubilant at the experience of watching this remake of Beauty and the Beast. Nevertheless, Condon is much more willing to explore the darker recesses of the story and the flaws within its characters, and some may prefer the more cheerful exuberance of the original. And may not like the dark turns this one takes. So to sum up the experience, I do think that 2017's version of Beauty and the Beast may technically fix a lot of the story holes and some of the character development issues left behind by the 1991 release and i and i do think that it does a relatively faithful job in keeping what audiences loved about the collection of songs intact but i do think that what does not translate from the original film is the charm that really rich voice work what those voice actors brought to that as well as the animation the live action just doesn't have that enchanting experience as what we saw in the original film so I guess if I had to sum it up in short, this is neither a beauty nor a beast of a film. This is really a remake that you can like, but I think that's mostly because it's a reminder of what you loved in the animated original. I'm going to give, as far as a grade, it's kind of a borderline call for me. I I could give it three or three and a half. It's right on the borderline. And as some of you long-term listeners know that when I have a borderline call, I usually give it the lower of the two ratings on a first-time watch. If I watch it again and it resides there again, I might kick it up to a higher rating. But for right now, it's going to get three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it with some reservations for people who may have lofty expectations for this remake that either it's going to be as good as the original film, which you're probably not going to think that, or that it's going to be sufficiently different that it should entertain in a different kind of way. It is not. It is very much a remake of the first film in a lot of ways, with some, some enhancements here and there, and some detractions here and there as well. So three stars out of four. Four 2017's Beauty and the Beast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. I'd like to hear what you think about this remake. You can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net, where you can also find links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. If you like the reviews that I do here, I also encourage you to help me out in two different ways, and each one of them is a great help to me. One is to go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a donation, or you can go to iTunes and leave a review and let other people know that this is a show worth checking out. Also, you can find more of my podcast work at the In Session Film Podcast. I joined JD and Brendan for the extra film segments of that show. So check it out at InSessionFilm.com for more details. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. And if you do see the remake of Beauty and the Beast, I hope that it is at least half as magical as that which you experienced when you watched the original for the first time.